0: Hi, Peter. Hi. Uh, you're working for one of the companies that actually have customers in over 70 countries. And I believe part of their life cycle, many com- vertical market software companies are thinking about going abroad, outside of their market, to other countries as well. Can you describe a little bit, uh, what challenges uh, does bring having to work with so many uh, uh, countries on so many continents, because you have customers basically in Europe, but as well as uh, South and North America and Asia as well.
1: There are a lot of uh, differences, so uh, starting with uh, technical problems about databases and uh, languages inside of uh, how to handle them in, inside of the software, then the market are totally different, so we have uh, customers who work a single sheet. Uh, um, products and uh, high volumes more in asia for example so totally different kind to work we have different behaviors and and feelings of the human being the employees there Um, we have to deliver our software in in all the languages we have in in our markets or in for our customers and um, yeah that that's really a big big challenge and there's also some legal regulations in each customer is or in each country is different like tech systems for example and things like that so it's uh, still a challenge yeah from a software development perspective
0: do you have like departments that deal with specifics of each continent or country or how do you make sure that you gather all the requirements from all these different countries and somehow put them into a kind of a one backlog because i would imagine you have one product or at least the same product on each market?
1: Yes, uh, we have different approaches. So we have several subsidiaries all around the world, for example, and we also divide uh, the different uh, countries or con- continents in, in business units. So we get for the product management from each business unit, the specific uh, requirements from, from this market, and we try to put them together and uh, do the best for our customers there. Yeah.
0: From a technology perspective, did you use some consultants or do you actually had to hit the problems the hard way and learn them the hard way, like the internationalization, the big differences in, in currencies, like the even from the UI perspective, the, the amount of space you require for a currency that has many, many zeros
1: at the end yes, compared yes, to, yes. to to the others. Of course, we learned some some of them in the hard way. So <laughs> during the project, we never expected. So we, have with, we are sitting here, the headquarter or a mouse customer in Europe. Uh, so we have to thinking about that. And when we go to Asia, it's totally different. So we run into the problem with a lot of theories with the currency. Um, yeah, and, but we also uh, consider uh, some um, consultant to help us. For example, for the Brazilian uh, tax system, because it's r- really complicated and nobody really knows how it is working. So, it's yeah. So we then we know that we need consultant. We cannot do that from from our. Uh, knowledge here is Is it even possible for a regular developer to kind of gasp
0: all these things? Because I would imagine once you have never been exposed to the Brazilian tech system, you, you cannot even imagine about what kind of problems you, you are talking about and things like that. So how, do you, how does the actual technical development team understand these kind of challenges or problems?
1: In the specific part with the tech system is what's really really hard because we have several consultants to help us and i i'm not sure if we have a 100 percent solution because they're not clear about what was going on there but uh yeah it's uh we need strong product owners or people uh, in the market to give us really is a, a good user stories so that we understand what we have to do for this market and and that is that is also a challenge from from a product manager or product owner perspective, sometimes it's even challenging to
0: design a roadmap for one product and one market. How you establish priorities and value, because I would imagine that each unit in each kind of continent or or bigger area would kind of demand that their requirements are more important because probably they have customers yelling
1: in a louder (laughs) voice than maybe others that is uh, yeah that is different we have also here different approaches normally we have a kind of backlog and we evaluated about the benefit for the customer or whatever and we have a rating system for that but of course we are really customer driven so uh, if we have a project and he needs that then we uh, uh, change priority a little bit as good as it possible for this customer and um, so for the big roadmap um, that is the reason why we have several uh, business units who give really the input and then to decide and it's also management decision when we say okay what well, we want to invest more for the South American market for example and then it change also the priorities So that is a discussion all over the year and uh, going forward going backward and changing and I think that is a uh, positive for us because we are really flexible about about that but um, it changed also the, yeah, the, it's not only the roadmap written on the paper, it's also the development plan, what, what's going next and what is the next step and so on. And basically, is there one branch, one product
0: uh, that is being sold everywhere, or do you have customizations or branches
1: for each of these countries? It's totally different. We have a, 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 we can scale our software from really small customers. We'd have a few employees up to we have big customers, which has about more than 150,000 employees, for example. So they have totally different uh, commercial systems, let's say, and we have a small commercial system, we have a production system. And we can control machine, high automated or just uh, manual things, so great driver and mm-hmm. things. And you can stick everything together, it depends on the customer needs, so scale it really from a small one to, to a big one. But you
0: did not decide to actually uh, customize your application for specific markets, in the sense that actually to have different sp- offsprings from the same product, uh, serving uh, maybe the Asian market as well as the American market or something like that. So yes, it's one course. product line. No, In not. the sense that one, one source code line or something like that. So it's not like you're preparing one version for the European market and then you customize that version right. for the for American yeah. market and then customize the European for the Asian market. Yeah. So that, basically it's right. one code baseline that serves everybody.
1: Yeah, that's right. We just can uh, cope that with uh, customizing uh, to, to do that or configuration about that and to do that with, which makes the software or the, the software at the customer side even more complex because uh, yeah, there are s- s- so many options to, to stick things together and uh, so that's, uh, yeah, that's a challenge to maintain it uh, at the customer side. So even if we have our test system, which is a clean environment, it's on the customer side it's growing and, and uh, customization uh, more and more and, and so on so it's uh, yeah it's but but it's good that we can do that that we are flexible on that even have the same product line but flexible direct for the market
0: uh, i guess you also kind of prepared some different uh combination of solutions for different market segments like small customers uh, medium customers was that because you, you felt that basically the requirements of a small or a medium customer is completely different than one, one from a large customer?
1: Yeah, I think the requirement was completely different on, on this space. It's, it's, it's The biggest difference is on the ERP system, for example, the small customers, they are single site and everything is locally. and the big customers, they are multi-site, so they are spread all around the world. so they want to move orders from one side to the other. And so they need one commercial system for everybody for all the sites and not for the single one, and that's the reason why we, they are split it a little bit. And uh, the third part is uh, the production part. We, we want to split it definitely because the most customers have the commercial part somewhere localized uh, at, a, at a region and everybody works on it. but the production part where you have the machine control and things like that, you want to have all the data locally on the site. So. So that is the benefit And do you think this is a good strategy also from a product management perspective?
0: Uh, the fact that allows you to kind of focus with a different feature set for different market segments. Uh, as opposed to having a large product that's maybe very, very configurable, but then you have to make sure that you're able to configure it for the smaller uh, company, corporations as well as for the larger corporations. Yeah.
1: I think it's really a benefit to have it in smaller packages. We and we split it even more down in in smaller packages. We we call it fast to market, let's say. So it's easier because when you make a big update which takes uh, several man days, uh, the the customer's waiting for the next release and waiting, 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 and it's it has more impact than the update. Even if you have new functionality and you just want to provide this functionality to the customer, you don't want to make the big bang. So it just Give him this functionality that he can work on it or can work with it and have a benefit out of it. So I think it's a good idea to have it in several modules which we can stick together and also update them separately. I would imagine also integrations
0: would be a challenge in the sense that in a typical enterprise setting uh, you will have complex integrations anyways. How does that? Happened when you actually multiply that with seventy-two countries? Because I would imagine that in every country you might have a different accounting system, a different kind of other things that you need to integrate with.
1: How do you keep on top of that? <laughs> I think um, nobody is perfect, so we learn every day. Again, what what is separately, but like I say, the currency when we have uh, companies who work in uh, over the, the borders, and so it's it's a more challenge to do that here, but. For uh, so smaller company, companies, it's more easier because everything is locally, you have one currency, one language and everything. It's very simple, but for the complexer one, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, yeah, sure. Uh,
0: I believe your company is also established over 40 years ago, so it's
1: yeah.
0: already a seasoned company, let's say. What would you describe would be some of the challenges regarding legacy maintenance, technical depth and modernization and so on?
1: Yeah, when you see it from, from the history, we started uh, with modules which are like, like an island. Each module is uh, separately, you can can use it and there are some interfaces from that. And that is growing, growing more and more. And uh, after 40 years experience, some customers still work with the old modules and uh, they are smaller or slower to, to update it. And so it's uh, we still have to maintain all the old products. It's hard to to cut something and make something completely new. And even if you want to do that, we have to uh, make sure that all the other functionalities other than the new product, plus some add-ons that the customer has motivated to update it. Otherwise he stay with the old one and we cannot get rid of this old code. So that makes it more complex because the code is growing and growing and we cannot get rid of old things, for example. And uh, yeah, that's also a big challenge. How do you see a strategy for
0: for handling that in the future? Because of course, years will keep adding towards your your current state, so things will just become more and more complex, well, even more difficult to remove, I guess.
1: Yeah, sure. Because in the, in the old modules, everything has a relationship to, to to each other, and now we we work more and more. We we move our software development more to the service-oriented architecture. or so we split the, the front end from the back end for example then it's easier without making new uh, functionality for example then we can provide it, and then it's easier to, to change the front end for example or give some add-ons but it's its just the also the communication to the services is just a single and a, a clean um, a clean interface let's say and not all the links uh, together between the modules so yeah. that is that is a big Thing where we're working out and uh, working on, and uh, yeah, that's the way we try to uh, cover those problems for the future. And I would imagine also having over forty
0: years of existence would also put some strains on the processes that uh, uh, we're running. I believe coming from waterfall towards <coughs> agile, how do
1: you see that transition going? Yes, it's also where we work now more and more in an agile way. In the past, though, so you have to imagine we have some requirements we, we can cover or we can develop in maybe two or five days. So, that is where we still work in, in Waterfall. But for the big projects where we need more than hundreds of, of mandates, for example, then we go to the Agile development and uh, so we like to have the customer near to us. So we give them feedback as soon as we possible. So we work with mock-ups to, so that he can see the screen, how it looks like, and he can give us the feedback if he want to work with it or can imagine that is a good way and, and so on. And we also separate uh, this big portion of, of one development in small parts so we can better Calculate uh, the amount of work with it, so the estimation also, and, and how long did it take to develop this? And we are more flexible to change the way because we make also our experience in the big developments. When we start and develop two hundred man days, the requirements change also in this uh, in this time. And then we are, yeah, at the end of the development, say, oh, now we have to change the way. And it's with the agile development, it's it's much easier to react on that that what that was the market needs you
0: mentioned it's <clears throat> important to keep customer close the question is which customer because if you have customers in over 70 countries do you try to create kind of a customer group across all these continents or you start developing first for the European market and then you start from there
1: we have some some project which we develop right now agile and there's a, a, a specific customer group behind and so we try to involve uh, as much as possible, but not too much, of course. But we need that input. But the challenge here is that we that although the customer hadn't learned or is, is not in, in the way that he can provide us user stories and, uh, or describe exactly what is the benefit, the so most customer just arrive, uh, describe, I want to have this, but they don't describe why. And that is very important to, to see, ah, that is a benefit. And then we can maybe use another solution, but uh, give the most benefit to the customer. And that is, we need strong customers who can work really good with us together. And uh, on the other side, from our side also, we need a strong product owner, which uh, really checks the market, even if it's not a direct stakeholder which is involved in, in the meetings, but uh, go around the world and, and talk to the other business units. and collect all the information you need. So basically, you start with the customers that are closer to you, which you don't have a
0: language barrier or or a thinking barrier, till you understand the reasons and the models. And then you go with that around the world and try to collect feedback on it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. What do you think about the the technology challenges and the innovations that are happening? Do you keep track of them? How do you see technology playing a part in, in your future?
1: That's also, we, we go more, more to mobile, de- uh, not mobile devices, let's say, in this direction because uh, the customer want to have it uh, easy to install, they want to take it with him and, and things like that. So, that is uh, also a change we, we have to make. So, also the customers, are, they want to have more web-based things, they don't want to install something on a, on a really computer it crashed, you have to reinstall it and things like that. So that is uh, <clears throat> also approach for the new things that we go more with web-based things, with mobile phones, tablets, and, and things like that. Yeah.
0: From an internationalization perspective, do you see differences in behaviours between different countries or maybe different continents? Mm. Like for instance, cloud adoption and, and, and things like that. Do you see big differences in, in, in approaches between
1: between uh, geographic barriers? Absolutely, absolutely a totally different. I think in, in, in Germany or maybe in, in Europe so uh, most European companies they are really conservative to go to clouds they want to keep their uh, data locally and they'll have uh, everything uh, under control let's say and uh, but when you go more to Scandinavian for example they're much more open to, to use cloud technique because it's yeah. I think it's it's a future to, to go more and more but we have to do it slower so the customer can follow us or we have to follow the customer of course but yeah, yeah. so how, how do you make sure everybody's happy, because I, I sometimes
0: there are divergent trends. I mean, going to the car, cloud, com, opposed to staying on-premise, there are two ends of the spectrum.
1: Yeah, I think we have to follow the market as, as fast as the market is. So uh, we just, we need to prepare. So we have cloud solutions. Uh, we start with that, but we can also keep them uh, localized. So we have, right. for example, IoT projects and uh, the customer can choose if you want to uh, store all the information in the cloud or have it uh, really on premise.
0: So, making sure they have the option to, to do whatever they consider important is, right. is there. But I think that's the question, that's the thing, because it's so rare when you have a company that's it's so spread and has so many challenges. And now, knowing AW, it, it yeah. sometimes it becomes, becomes laughable when you see a small company
1: trying to say, oh, we are going globally, we have a vertical product. We're, it's uh, yeah, When you see it, um, the, the headquarter was always in Germany and then we go out to the uh, most uh, European company and then we got a kind of a world leader for this kind of software. And then we go to the Asian market and say, hey, we are the world leader. We totally failed because the business is totally different. there. So it's, uh, and we need several approaches to go there and still, still really hard, so we need People on site and still develop, and you you will not uh, sell a product which they configure and use. No. There's no way they always want to change it, they delete it, starting from scratch, and that's not what we can do with uh, from from European yeah.
0: uh, perspective. And I so. think what you what you mean also is you need somebody that understands and actually behaves. At, it's part of their culture, because otherwise I think you're you're. We've noticed so many challenges just being although part of Europe, but in the eastern part of Europe, because some things you take as granted and they are not, yeah. uh, and so on. So I think being local and actually understanding as a native the culture uh, it's yeah. it's vital in that area. but you, that's I th- the
1: reason why we had I think it was one year ago we had an approach, our initiative to say, OK, we have several approaches for the Asian market. And it's, it, I wouldn't say it fails, but it's not uh, as easy as uh, here. So as far as the company is away, larger the problems are. So what we have done, we have a small team sent to, uh, to China, for example, and stay there for one or two months. I don't remember exactly. And to check what is going on there, how they are working, how they are doing things and, and how is they are producing and to find out is that the really the market for us or not? So we have to decide if it's, uh, make it makes sense to spend uh, yeah, effort in this market or not.
0: Long yeah. term, from long term, yeah. And the sun is quite challenging. But you're doing a good job at it as a market leader. Is it easier in, in, uh, in an area where actually interfacing actual industrial things? So, for instance, we've got a company that uh, we've got, it's CSI got a company that's part of the corrugated uh, market. So it's like c- cardboards and so on. And they're also the market leader. But because they are at the niche between a very specific technological thing like glass cutting or cardboard making, they kind of own the market because nobody else is actually thinking about the specific domain and the specific niche and understanding all the intricacies and complexities of of dealing with that.
1: Yeah, I think our benefit is that we are independent from all the machine suppliers, for example. Of course, uh, the biggest machine supplier, they start also to have their own software and also ERP system production system. But the most customers then are somehow linked to this machine supplier. And uh, we are much more flexible, so we can control nearly every machine which is somewhere on the market has still to be improved because there are coming new machines and new, also new challenges with this IoT. So um, actually, we want to get data from the machine, not only sent to the machine, and, um, but uh, the most machines which are still alive on the market are not able to do that, but in the future. <clears throat> also here, we are working on standardization of such interfaces and we, we push it on the market. And uh, I think it is a good thing for the future.
0: Yeah it's nice if you actually can act as a beacon in terms of if you're big enough I guess you actually have a voice in in what matters in the interfacing part and so on. So I think that can be nice. Yeah. Thank you very much Peter. You're welcome.